The Red Lamp District, Episode 5. What Does It Mean to Be a Christian? Part 2. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Red Lamp District, episode number five. What does it mean to be a Christian, part two? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I oh, got a good laugh out of that yeah. one. <laughs> the, old, the old Hot Shots part two coming through for yes. me. Yeah. So, all right. Great film. Uh, Cinematic uh, art. It's truly, truly a work of art. Yeah. Um, we're highbrow on the show, if you hadn't noticed already. So, uh, we go from 20th century classical music to Hot Shots Part Two. <laughs> the finest, only the finest here. Chris, I'm John, and you're Chris. How yes, you doing? I'm doing well. Doing very well. Right on. Thanks for asking. Yes. Uh, I feel obligated to ask every week, just I FYI, so don't feel like you're special <laughs> or anything like that. Okay. All right. So. <laughs> Got it, man. It's, you know, it's just kind of like, it's what you're supposed to do. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know? Kind of getting the ball rolling. Yeah. 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 Exactly. I'll try to think of something interesting to say next time when you say, how do you do? That would be nice. <laughs> That's what you pay me for. I keep waiting. I'm like, maybe he's going to say <laughs> something interesting this time. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe next time. All right. Well, that's your homework for next time. <laughs> all right. Come that's up cool. with something <laughs> interesting to say. Um, so yeah, uh, we're going to be talking about what we're going to be continuing our conversation from the last episode about what does it mean to be a Christian and you know, that's our plan. But as always, we're going to begin this episode by talking about what's been our mind since the last episode. Mm -hmm. So that's the plan. Um, did we do rock, paper, scissors for this last time to decide? Last time we did, yeah. Do you want me to go first just to uh, cut into it? I mean, just really to dive in. I think it adds to the drama when we do rock, <laughs> paper, scissors. All right. All right. Let's try it But, again. I mean, if you want to go first, go ahead. <laughs> wow, what a choice. Okay. I'll do it. All right. All right. Cool. What's been on my mind? We can do rock, paper, scissors to determine if we want to just let you go first. <laughs> like whose choice it is. Yeah. Okay. But you can just go ahead. Okay, okay, I'll go this time. All right. What's been on my mind? Um, well, well, you know, I started the fourth book of Harry Potter. Which I think if I remember correctly, that this was the first book in your experience. Yes. The book's about 700 and so pages. Mm-hmm. I mean, so it, it takes about 200 and so pages before he gets to Hogwarts this time. There's like oh. 100 pages of a uh, um, Quidditch match. Wow. So she's really, um, you know... Doing her thing. Yeah. JK's doing JK right now, and um, it was a little shocking. Yeah. So a little bit, a little strange. Yeah. Right, is this a, this sounds like a nice negative reaction. No, it was negative at first. I don't know. I was waiting for, you know, something about these books, there's there's a lot of um, esoteric or alchemical type symbolism hmm. going on. So I started doing the old Google thing last night, mm-hmm. about 11 o'clock. Yeah. So evidently, evidently, she was a huge reader of Carl Jung, the psychoanalyst. Interesting. Yeah, who analyzed dreams and symbol, like the symbols of you know human culture's past, and yeah. So she integrated a lot of that into her stories, evidently. Yeah. So anyway, I want to get more into that. Yeah. You know, fascinated by that esoterica stuff. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. So anyway, I was reading that, doing some other stuff for you know, mm-hmm. I'm teaching that class. Um. Well, I'm te- in the fall, I'm teaching a class. Yeah. And then in the spring, I'm teaching another class. Okay. In two different universities. Oh. But the second class I'm teaching is modern philosophy. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I've been doing a little reading for that, but mm-hmm. we won't go there. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. you, okay. Where, where, uh, so what the first one is intro to philosophy. Right. First one I'm teaching this yeah. coming semester. Yeah. Um, it's called critical reasoning. Critical reasoning. Yeah. I'm gonna, the only the only book that I'm going to um, um, require the students to buy, uh-huh. Alice in Wonderland. Oh, nice. Yeah, oh, man. man. I'm going to be that guy. You're that teacher. I am. Yeah. You're going to love me. 
It's all about the love. From it's, the is, is it like uh, it's the only way? Is it like freshman? Or uh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not, I don't know. Okay, they're also young. Yeah, <laughs> is have you taught a class like that before with just Alice in Wonderland? No, that's no. interesting though. Yeah, um, I'm gonna be that guy. It's gonna be good. Well, uh, let me say a few. Th- we'll come back to that. Let me say a few thoughts about um, the Goblet of Fire. So, okay, I I like you know that's I guess that's what I really liked about that one is like I, I like immerse I like feeling like I'm immersed in a world when, yeah, I, when I read yeah, it, you know no, yeah yeah no this is if Tolkien didn't exist this the way she wrote this wouldn't exist yeah it's almost like this was her um I mean I think she was pretty darn popular already but I think this it was almost like book four was where she was like the it the uh publisher told me I could do whatever the heck I wanted I <laughs> I, I could just yeah I could just copy down you know the ingredients on corn flakes and right. it'd be cool and everybody and, love it and they would sell it and uh and people would think it was the greatest i know so um to get there as an artist is, would be that would cool. be that would be very awesome if you reach that height mm-hmm. uh, obviously um so i you know i can appreciate i can appreciate what she's trying to do and feeling the freedom to like write 100 pages about a quidditch match yeah as, as indulgent as that might seem yeah 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 um i mean People read it and love it. I I really I remember really liking it. I, I you know at some point I need to go back and read the Harry Potter books. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you read them like ten years ago, probably. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I might get them as audio books when we for when we go on um, long car trips to like listen to with the kids again. Mm-hmm. I think my older two have read them, but have read them all at this point. Um, and my third one, uh, he's I, I don't know he he might I think he's read some of them, but he's also not much of a reader. He's kind of a jock, mm-hmm. so. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um no, he's he's a little bit of a reader, but um but he just he's 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 more active. Mm-hmm. Um so uh but that's interesting you're teaching that class on critical reasoning. Um because mm-hmm. I sent you that thing last night. So my thing I was thinking about what I wanted to share and I've just been like headlong I normally listen to tons of music and over the last week, two weeks or so, I've just been listening to like audiobooks and then but especially podcasts on um on like paranormal stuff so i told you know we, we talked about the the jimmy aiken one with the um, mysterious world which is really cool there's lots of cool stuff but then that got me into i've, I've found my way to some this other podcast astonishing legends huh. and yeah. uh I, I think I that's mentioned, the link you sent me yeah, yeah i think i mentioned it last week mm-hmm. um in the context of, of going learning more about skinwalker ranch um but uh, I've I've listened to a bunch of their other episodes on different topics. It's a cool podcast. They they um, they do a lot of. Uh, they'll go really in depth. They'll do like multi you know, multi episode arcs on on particular topics. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did like three on Skinwalker Ranch and 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 the, normally what they do is they, the first episode on a topic is they introduce the facts and everything like that. Like what are the things that people claim. Mm-hmm. And then, and the later ones that go into like how have people responded to this, and what's our take on it, right? Yeah. What do we think? What do we think happened here? I was listening to one being from Kentucky myself. They have one on this um, alien encounter from the fifties uh, that took place in Hopkinsville, which is uh, which is actually not too far from where we live. Mm. Um, it's it's right over the border from Tennessee, mm. and um, like so towards, I, towards Louisville or. Not so much. It's if you go. It's more if you go up twenty four. Okay. Um. So I mean, yeah, directionally from where we are, yes, towards Louisville. But you get <laughs> off. You get yeah. off going towards twenty. Uh, towards yeah, like Paducah, all uh, that kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah. Um. Alien <clears throat> encounter. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. Uh. So anyway, it's a it's a cool story in and of itself. Like it's it's a pretty fascinating story. It's basically all these like, all these people who lived on this farm in the fifties in Hopkinsville, um, basically like had this shootout with, with aliens. Yes. No way. And I, it, it, that's, that's what they claim. Wow. And, um, what were the aliens shooting? Uh, lasers? Nothing. It, it, it's, you just need to go, you need to go like read about it, listen <laughs> right. up to it. And, yeah. you know, I'm sure people will, some people will think it's complete hooey, but what's interesting is what's most interesting to me is like how these guys go about like thinking about it. Cause they're not, they're not skeptics 
so so they they actually I would say actually they would describe themselves as skeptics, but be, meaning like healthy skepticism, yeah, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Um, which is kind of what I strive to be, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm not I don't want to be like totally credulous about anything. Yeah. Um, like I want to evaluate like what's claimed about something, yeah. what some particular thing, and say like, okay, what's what are the possible what are the possible um, explanations for this, mm-hmm. right? And sift it with reason. And so, and and they're not like they don't they they're not like um, I mean I don't know what they're if they have any religion or anything like that, but um, they they're certainly not like they never come off as like anti-religion. Like a lot of people and that maybe study that kind of stuff might come off as, and they actually look at people who are who want to always just be like I don't care what people claimed happened, it has to have a natural explanation. Right. right. Yeah. And um uh just a normal natural explanation. Mm-hmm. And so they fundy. call they call those people like debunkers, Fund- yeah. right? Fundamentalists. They, oh no. Sorry, debunkers? Yeah, debunker. Like yeah. they like they say it well it that's what it is. It's almost like a natural yeah. a naturalistic fundamentalism, yeah. right? It's yeah. like nope, sorry, can't. And so in this case, like the debunkers want to claim that like based on the description that these people had for these aliens mm-hmm. was that they were just horned owls, right? Great horned owls. Mm-hmm. And um, and they're like, you know, and, and, and so if you look up this incident on Wikipedia, it talks about how people who study this topic is, it's an example of pseudoscience, which is an, an annoying term that gets thrown around. Yeah. I get what people mean by pseudoscience and I'm, sh- and there is pseudoscience out there. It's a real thing, but, yeah. but like people will, people will label something pseudoscience just if they don't like what the conclusions of something are. Mm-hmm. It's, it's something that can easily be slapped. It's a label that can be slapped onto something to ignore it and yeah, to, yeah. Mar- and to yeah. marginalize it. Yeah. Right. Um, so anyway, in the, the third episode of their arc on the Kelly Hopkinsville UFO encounter is really worth listening to in terms of like, like what they do in like to deal with this kind of academic bias with regard to this particular case. Mm-hmm. And um, because they basically they they look at this paper that's cited on like Wikipedia and everything, and it's like this academic paper by these respected you know people in in a certain field, yeah. And um, who are claiming that you know anybody who claims that this is you know that that this was actual aliens is just some kind of pseudoscience, right? It's obviously these people were drunk, and these were uh, great horned owls that they were shooting at, wow. right? And um, but when you but like they basically take that claim apart right on Hmm. this podcast. And they're just like, Hey, we understand that pseudoscience is a real thing, but what you're doing here in the name of quote unquote science is actually pseudoscience. Mm. Right. So it's a really like, it's, I think, I think I really liked it because first of all, I have a little bit of annoyance, even though, even though I have a master's degree, I have a little bit of annoyance towards academia, like Mm. mainstream academia. And, and I detected some of this, even when I was going through my academic program, not to say that, not to say, I'm not, pointing fingers or anything like that but but i can see how academics can very much like hold themselves up and be like well we're the professional academic establishment so what we goes what we say goes without saying you know just you Mm -hmm. have to accept it right um and our methods are you know beyond assailing you know like Mm -hmm. we're just we're smarter than everyone right and when we say something was great horned owls and people were drunk that's what it was yeah and it's like um i'm sorry but there's just a lot of weird stuff in this world <laughs> that you can't explain. Right. Like, yeah, no, I know. It's just like and and, and so it's so, I'm not yeah. I'm not saying it was aliens. I'm just saying like everybody's gonna think of the meme now, but it was aliens. No, I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm just saying like like my approach to these kinds of things is to say like I don't know, right? Mm-hmm. Like and mm-hmm. it it could well, it, that's the healthy skepticism, right? You're skeptical that, that, to your to own. To me, that's what healthy own, skepticism yeah, actually is. You'd be as skeptical to your own sort of the world you've constructed around yourself, you know, and that, that there needs to be holes poked in that. Yeah. So as much as anything else. Right. Exactly. You yeah. know, it's, yeah. um, uh, so, um, I, and, and, and so I like this episode because I think it, um, I'll, I'll link to it in the show notes, but I think it does a, I think they just do a really excellent job of, um, of, of taking down a sort of like, materialistic or naturalistic um bias that masquerades as objective science and skepticism yeah um no doubt which which are good things in and of themselves but can can masquerade as uh or 
can can unhealthy mental attitudes and intellectual perspectives can masquerade as that. Yeah. And yeah. when they're not actually that thing. Yeah. So yeah, it's a, uh, and it's highly entertaining. These guys are really good, really mm. good podcast hosts. Mm. So what's it called again? Astonishing legends. Gotcha. Yeah. They, they go through all kinds of interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. So, and like, so I think we mentioned the love pass on a, on a recent, ep- on recent episode here and uh that's one i first learned about from jimmy aiken and i want to listen to their episodes on it but even after listening to like that one is a really mysterious thing that happened in the soviet union and it it sounds like it's like some kind of like some whoa weird something weird happened paranormal right but i think i think when you actually look at that one the most you can actually come up with something that's a very good like natural no nothing paranormal sort of explanation for what happened there yeah so it's not like with these events like these that are like big famous yeah. sorts of events where it's like what happened the mystery of this thing right mm-hmm. sometimes there is like a natural explanation that best explains all of the data yeah right like swamp gas or yeah like what swamp gas swamp i don't even know what that is <laughs> swamp, swamp gas don't they always like claim that ufo sightings are actually swamp gas interacting with something in the atmosphere and oh. sort of like a traditional pseudoscientific explanation for oh maybe an uh, official government explanation well, the thing there's also ball lightning you know which people it's oh it's just ball lightning Oh right, yeah, yeah. yeah. So is that, is that the same thing as heat lightning? No, okay. I don't think so, at least. Um, but yeah, that, that's the thing. Is like, well, the other thing that comes out in these and um, that that these uh, astonishing legends guys are really good at is they they kind of defend because people they they detect a lot of like bias towards like kind of rural country folk, right? Right, and they both kind of are like we both come from that, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, and let me tell you, like. Those people know better than you what a great horned owl looks like, <laughs> yeah, right? Like, like they, yeah. they're smarter than that, right? Right? They're yeah. smarter than you think. I know, you know. I know. And um, you know, so, so you just whenever you detect that kind of stuff, you're just like, you know what? I want to say something really unkind to you right now. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, um, so boring. I, you know, it it's is. So it's boring. like it's like a really, it's like a really disappointing view of reality yeah right dude. really i mean uh yeah yeah anyway. I'm, I'm sucking in through my teeth right now it's just <laughs> one of those things just like man you you live in a really like sad boring universe if that's you know anyway, mm-hmm. anyway. um so yeah moving on all right so that's i guess that's what's been on my mind so i'd talk mm-hmm. about that for a little bit longer than i plan to um, all right, so we're continuing with what does it mean to be a Christian? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you you had some thoughts from your son. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had interviewed him on this before our episode last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I wanted to let yeah. you start off with those so we don't okay. miss them this week. Okay. Yeah, you want to do that? Yeah. So Jorge Cito, yeah, I took him in the backyard, and he, um, <laughs> I interviewed him just straight up, said, look, look man, here's what we're doing. Let's, mm-hmm. have a, let's have a conversation about. You're like, I got no idea what to say. Help, 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 Dad out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, I know I did ask him. The, I, I said, I said I wanted to ask you one question and see what he had to say. Seven years old, one of those things. Right. Yeah. So here it is. I said, okay, we're sitting in the backyard. It's really hot, but he's he's um, a sport. And mm-hmm. so I said, hey, little man, what does it mean to be a Christian? And here's how he goes: to believe in God. Okay. Being a Christian means believing in God. How old is he? Seven. Seven. Yeah. He continues, it means to believe in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Well, it means to believe in God and Jesus. I'm okay. just giving him a blank stare. I'm just listening. Mm-hmm. Don't want to, you know, like the uh, psychoanalyst. I'm just kind of mm-hmm. listening. They're stroking your beard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then he says, to be baptized. Okay. Being a Christian means to be baptized because being baptized means to be a Christian. Okay, so what does it mean to believe? You keep saying believe. He says, to follow. Well, to possess. Like, actually to believe in it. And then I ask him a question. What do you mean possess? He kind of looks up at this guy. To be with, almost, he says. To believe means to be with, I ask. Why almost? He says, I mean, it means to know. Okay, what do you mean? Believing is like knowing and possessing in your heart. What's your heart? Your soul. What's your soul? 
Your soul is what you believe in. Your soul is what you believe in? Not, not really, Dad. <laughs> it is what you believe in, but it's really yourself after you die. What happens when you die? You go to heaven. Okay. What's heaven? Sort of a different world between earth and nothing, I think. What's heaven like? Joy. Joy, what's that? Happiness, lots of it. Is heaven full of happiness because God is there? Yes. Why does God make you happy? Because he's good. Why does goodness make you happy? Because it's right. What's right? Doing good things. And what makes you happy? And that makes you happy? Yes. Why? Because it makes you feel good. Then he pauses. Uh, the publishers will really like this book, won't they, Daddy? <laughs> uh, you want to make this book? Yes. Yes, I think they'll like it. So, Christianity is about God and heaven and happiness and being baptized, too. Right. Why? Because when you're baptized, you're part of God's family. And that's what being a Christian means. Okay, now, so, I was I was thinking in my mind during this conversation. Yeah. See how he gives you these little short, like, pithy answers? Uh-huh. I mean, this is like, you know, he's like stroking the tee, man. He's hitting the ball right off the tee. Right. You know, just one clean swing at each question. Mm-hmm. And so, I wanted, you know, so, he's sort of, you know... In our conversation last week, this came out, but we were talking about sort of the caricatures of Christianity. Mm-hmm. They're so ingrained in, I don't know, contemporary American or Western t- modes of Christianity. Sure. That, you know, it's about escaping the earth, going to heaven, smoking dope on the clouds, and mm-hmm. get your harp, and, you know, you're just a disembodied spirit. You don't really know, but you're just, you know, you're just some sort of beatitude there, some sort of complete bliss of disembodied bliss. And that's yeah. What, that's what it means. You know, that's so, the caricature, right? That, yeah. yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this is sort of where he, I felt like he was going with this. You know, it's about mm-hmm. God, heaven, escaping the earth, happiness, going to heaven when you die. This is, this is the whole goal of Christianity. Yeah. So I, I wanted to ask him more about the baptized body because, mm-hmm. you know, we wanted to focus on the body, you know, a little bit more. And so I said, so what about baptism? Your body is what's baptized. What, is, that, is that important? Mm-hmm. And he said, well, and he kind of paused. And you could tell his little wheels were spinning. He said, yes, it is. And, I, um, and so he continues. So, God is in heaven. We're here. And there's this in-between place called space, he says. And you can't come to the end of space. This is where it gets really kind of trippy. Mm-hmm. He says, imagine heaven is like the sun, Dad. And Mercury, the first planet, he wanted to let me know that he knew that was the first planet, right. is Earth mm-hmm. in this little picture. The gravity of the sun is God's holiness, he says. Hmm. And if you want to get to God, you have to travel out of earth. Hmm. And once you get to a certain point, God's holiness starts drawing you closer. Hmm. It's really two different points I'm making, Dad. Like, okay, what are the two points? Well, the first is that the earth is so small and God is so big. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. The second is how God's holiness keeps pulling you closer. Hmm. And I said, how does it do that? He says, well, his love is his holiness. And drawing you closer to him, and it draws you closer to him if you stay on the right path. See, God, it's like God gives you a choice at every moment. When you're baptized to the end of your life, the choice is to stay with God on God's path that keeps you going towards him, or you can veer away and go towards darkness. The more you go towards God, the lighter it gets, he says. Even if you choose the bad path, you can turn around at any moment and go back to God. He pauses again. Daddy, this would make a really good podcast, <laughs> this conversation. Can we make this into a podcast? Had I, you been writing this all down? Yeah, I'm writing scrolling down like, yeah. furiously. Okay. And then he says, I thought you wanted, and I said, I thought you wanted to write a book. He says, no, I want to do a podcast. A podcast would be better because you can always transfer it into a book later. Uh, there you go. Yeah. Okay. And then he says, there's a third point. Almost yeah. done. Almost okay. Done. Almost done. Um, and, I, and, and he says, there's a third point, and it's the point. Okay. This is all coming from <laughs> seven. I'm like, this is crazy. Yeah. The third point, he says, is that it's all about getting as close to God as you can. Uh-huh. It's like a co- computer game, he says. Transformers. And I wrote down the word transformers. He takes the book out of my hand and the pen and t- draws a little asterisk next to transformers. And then at the bottom of the page, he says, see preface. <laughs> 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 So, so Transformers, for instance, he says. And I said, what's like Transformers? He said, the action, the point of the game. 
I said, and he said to win. I was like, good boy. And he said, said, in this case, it's to win over evil, to sort of like turn away from it. And I said, how? He says, to turn away from Satan and the demons and to start following God, which we will explain in the second episode. He said, (laughs) that will be our second episode, I ask? He said, yes, on sin. Okay, and I said, one more question. And you can tell he's starting to get tired. He wants to go play on the trampoline or something, or in the sand. He says, um, I say, you haven't mentioned the resurrection. And he looked at me and was like, yeah. I said, isn't Christianity about that? And he stops and says, the resurrection? I don't really know. It's a mystery. (laughs) (laughs) That was sort of the end of the conversation. Wow. So I don't know what to do with that. (laughs) Um, Well, ask him what he means by uh, resurrection being a mystery. Yeah. But, um, But, man, that's a pretty... So, uh, for those of you who are like, um, you know, who like wonder at this seven-year-old, remember Chris, Chris has a PhD, so, you know, he's, he's, he has a large, he has a large brain and, you know, assume that was <laughs> passed on to his, uh, to his offspring. Yeah. So, um, that's pretty incredible though. Yeah. He, uh, uh, he's, is he a part, does he, he's a little squirt. You know, yeah. Just... Did, well, I was going to say, does he, um. I'm, where's where's I'm, he picked all that stuff up from? Just from conversations with, with you yeah, and you know, Marianne, probably, or? yeah, probably like you know, catechism class. Yeah, Marianne, me, mm-hmm. TV. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, you know, he's he's sort of a you know strange fellow. So mm-hmm. he has he's got some deep thoughts. Yeah, you know, as kids do. Absolutely sure. You know? Yeah. So I don't know what to do with it. He, uh, you know, I I felt like he sort of the the caricature version mm-hmm. of Christianity is so much part of our daily, our mm-hmm. sermonizing, our, um, you know, anything, our conversations about what Christianity is, it's all about that sort of simplified picture, right. it seems to me. Mm-hmm. And you already see that ingrained in our, even in our, in our children, even if we fight against it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's a good picture, mm-hmm. you know? It is about, in a sense, going to heaven when you die. Mm-hmm. You know, that's sort of a... That's you know certainly step one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But the whole the point you're making you just said is that it is step one, mm-hmm. and the the picture is grander. Right. And when you see the grander picture, it it makes your life now take on full color and texture and right depth and riches riches you know. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, yeah. You know. Uh, those that makes me want to you know, really explore, um, you know, we, you and I need to talk about where we're going next, but, you know, two things that have been on my mind the last, uh, the last few weeks that I think I'd really like to explore sooner rather than later are, um, Tolkien's on fairy stories, which we already talked about, yeah. uh, yeah. that we'll probably do at some point because he, he, he talks about a lot of this stuff in there. And then, um, um, uh, saved, uh, saved by Ho- what? What is uh, um, the uh, Pope Benedict the Sixteenth's uh, encyclical? Oh, yeah. uh, Space yep. Alvi. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, saved in hope. Is that what it is? Saved, saved by hope. Saved in hope. Yeah. Um, saved in hope. So, uh, which also I think deals with a lot of a lot of these kinds of questions because mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. we often are fed like um, the caricature of Christianity is that it's very individualistic and it just has to do with escaping this world. And, and to some degree that's, to some degree that's true, but that's not the whole story. And, um, and there's a, um, and when it becomes exclusively what the story's about, it it becomes exact, almost the opposite. of Well, it it becomes a heresy, right? Like if, if that's exclusively what it's about, if to the point of denying, um, denying certain other truths, Mm -hmm. yeah, then it's a heresy. And if, and even if it's kind of, an exclusion or a quasi like ignoring of other truths. It can be not, maybe not necessarily a heresy, but a, um, yeah. Uh, an overemphasis yeah. on a problematic overemphasis on certain things. Well, it's always, right? it's only ever technically a heresy when it's willful. Yeah. 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 So, uh, I, I get that. So, yeah. so just whatever you, I mean, whatever the technical term would be like a false, yeah. um, yeah. Misleading, false, myopic, Myopic is a good word. Yeah. yeah, I like. I love the word myopic. Yeah, just overly fixated on certain things mm-hmm. to the exclusion of other mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So, uh, yeah, that, um, I mean, I, 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 th- I think that's an awesome answer. It's, you know, I think it shows that you've got a, a pretty special kid there. Um, and I love, I mean, he's right about the resurrection. It is a mystery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, to- it totally is. <clears throat> I, so, uh, you know, um, you know, it's not, not to say that we don't want to, um, maybe shore up his understanding of like kind of the historical part of it. Right. Yeah. But, um, yeah, but we, like, but it is a mystery. Like, mm-hmm. it, it even in the Gospels, it's portrayed as such, and not True. not to say that it doesn't have, it's not a historical reality, but to say that, like, we don't necessarily understand everything that happened here, right? It, mm-hmm. it is a mysterious event. Yeah, Jesus like shows up as a glor and a glorified new reality. Yeah, and it's like you can touch him, but he's also like not the same as he was before, right? right? And he shows up in weird ways to people. Yeah. Yeah. Um right. I, I was I was talking about this with um so last night um we read the gospel for yesterday from the mass readings for yesterday and it's the one uh y- yesterday's was the one from Matthew where um uh they're on the sea and the storm comes up and G- Jesus is asleep in the boat mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and um and the some of the disciples are like, you know, freaking out cuz water's coming into the boat and everything. They think they're going to sink and uh, and so they wake Jesus up, and he calms the storm, right? Yeah. And 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 so I was asking my kids about it, who are you know a little bit older than than George, but um, and and they were given some like you know what happens here, and they were given some kind of normal like answers, and you know they were handling it pretty well. And I was like, why do you think Jesus tells them that they have little faith there? And uh, he kind of he's he kind of not not not. Uh, you know he doesn't he doesn't hammer him, but he's like, why you know, why do you have such little faith, right? It, you know, basically what he says to them, and um, and that's in response to them waking him up to calm the sea. And I'm like, yeah, right. doesn't that sound the like boat's faith? about to capsize, right? Yeah, that doesn't yeah. that sound like faith to you, right? Like that, don't you kind of wonder without like when you think a little deeper about this, like why was Jesus rebuking them? Like, doesn't Jesus want us to call out to him when? We yeah. feel like we're being overwhelmed by something. Right. They went to the right place. Right. Like, isn't that part of what our faith is? Is calling out to Jesus for help? Yeah. <laughs> um, and but still, he rebukes them. You mm-hmm. know, it's like I, I I was joking with him. I was like, kind of think about Jesus like waking up all grumpy, right? Like, <laughs> like I was trying to sleep, guys, and they're like, "We're gonna die, <laughs> right? <laughs> if you don't calm the sea." Yeah. And and I just left them, like, and they were kind of like, oh, yeah weird yeah and i was like it is weird isn't mm-hmm. it jesus is weird yeah uh, like i i was like just accept that like mm-hmm. you know god is not our like the god that we worship and believe in is not easily put into a box right right yeah. and being like okay got god figured out next mm-hmm. next issue yeah right and those those i mean the, the scriptures are full of perplexities mm-hmm. and i think the proper approach to that is the, exactly what you're, you know, you guys were doing, which is to treat the scriptures as, I don't know, um, literature for meditation, contemplation. That it's an invitation to, like, you know, it's asking you, demanding of you, if you really want to, to understand it, you have to, you have to live with it and let mm-hmm. it soak. And you know, it's wanting, to, it's wanting to open doors. Like so, you know, I was just thinking that, you know. We were talking. You were just talking about the resurrection being a mystery, mm-hmm. and uh, you know. So we do this little recording in in your studio, right? In yep. your backyard. And it's a tiny little, tiny house mm-hmm. in your backyard. Mm-hmm. So um, I mean, you could kind of imagine. This is sort of an analogy. You could imagine, you know, pre pre resurrection or pre Jesus um, human experience. Sure. Or you know is like being in this tiny house. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really cool. We got lots of cool gadgets. We got some microphones and we can do a lot of cool stuff in here. You got some instruments, yeah. you know, and you know, we can really do the human thing in here. If there was some food and some, you know, some TV, we'd be cool. I got I got food. I got a stash over here. So we're good. All right. <laughs> got some chocolate or whatever. In case the apocalypse happens while I'm in here and I can't get out. So <laughs> water. <laughs> uh, oh, water. Forgot water. <laughs> All right. But like, you know, so the resurrection appearances are like, you know, somebody from the outside punching holes through this tiny little house that we thought was the entire universe. Yeah. It's like, and it, you know, the resurrection sort of blows the doors off of this 
you know, blows the roof off. Yeah. And like, whoa, there's this whole world out there. There's there's clouds way, 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 way up there. There's a moon like floating over us or whatever. You know, right. stars and there's trees. We can hear birds. It's like, you know, we're starting to get a sense that this thing is, is much bigger, mm-hmm. you know, and you get intimations of that with the resurrection appearances. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the scriptures are always doing that, it seems to me. Like Jesus is teaching in particular, mm-hmm. you know, so. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I guess my, my whole thing with, uh, you know, with coming back to George and his responses was um, uh, like, you can never, you can never escape the mystery of it all. Right. Like mm-hmm. there's a danger in Christianity of thinking that because we have the light of revelation, because we have Jesus, we have scripture that we have it all figured out. And, um, and that's just not true. Right. That's, yeah. that is like, it's in, in many ways, like becoming a Christian is just the starting point and every day is a new starting point. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that your 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 goal is to like enter ever more deeply into the mystery and yeah um not try to figure things out in a sort of rationalistic you know uh scientific kind of way yeah you but, can't write QED under it like this is proven this is sort of this 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 is it i've got it all figured out yeah and 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 if you do that there's a danger to your soul of uh, of, of either becoming like myopic, right, mm-hmm. and refusing to see other perspectives, um, or of uh, of losing faith yeah. eventually, because you think like, well, I thought I had it figured out, and this stuff doesn't can't be explained, therefore it must not be true at all. Yeah, right. I must yeah. have fallen for it. Right. right. One of the great quotations from Saint Augustine is, "If you can grasp it, it's not God." That's a good one. This is a, this is. <laughs> You know, if you can, if you if you can comprehend it, you're not dealing with God. You're dealing with a product of your own mm-hmm. making. Intellectually grasp it. Yeah, exactly. Because you can grasp the Eucharist. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I right. know that's not what we say. Yeah, uh, right. but yeah, if you can intellectually grasp it, then yeah. Um, if if, if you, you can comprehend it, might be a better translation. It's 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 just pride to think that you have God all figured out. Yeah. Right. Um, and we tend to do that. It, I mean, as Catholics, we do say like we are called to say like to bear witness to the truths that have been revealed through revelation. Um. And to, you know, uh, to firmly believe in those truths, right? Yeah. Um, but, but, but there's there's also this sense in which we we know some things, but we don't know a lot of things, right? And um, and again, this is this kind of gets into my like, it's weird that we started this podcast and I've been become suddenly become obsessed with things like paranormal and yeah. like reading up on these things, yeah. And it's it's topics I've been interested in, in the past, but I just happened to discover all these po- these podcasts recently, and I'm mm-hmm. like, this is just really like I had no idea about all this weird stuff in the world. Yeah, and it's not shaking Unsolved my faith mysteries. or anything like that. It's like because there's there's all kinds of un- like miracles in Catholicism that are very similar in a way where it's like, mm-hmm. what in the world happened here? Yeah, you know? all shaken up here. Yeah. Um, yeah bread you know uh, the the eucharist turning into literal human flesh mm-hmm. um our lady of guadalupe right mm-hmm. um uh the miracle of the sun at fatima mm-hmm. right um and uh and and like saints bilocating and you know yeah. and it just yeah like it's a it, it's a crazy crazy reality that we live in and uh, so yeah. and you know mysterious one at that yeah yeah so. no doubt so one, it, it, it's interesting because um, the next thing, the next little point I had here in, ter- in talking about what it means to be a Christian is wrestling with God. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is a, I think this is something that lots of people miss, but I really think it's something that God, like it's it's part of the essence of being a Christian is wrestling with God. Mm-hmm. Again, I think there's a caricature of Christianity that's like, well, uh, I know I'm loved and I know that... Um, you know, that I'm saved and therefore I'm good, good to go. Right. Right. Um, <clears throat> I remember in college, you know, having a conversation with somebody um, <clears throat> and we were talking about Christianity and you know, he says, well, I'm a, I'm a Christian. And, and I was kind of surprised and not to be judgmental, but, uh, but like, you know, he was not really like living a very Christian life. And, um, 
and and so I was like, okay, well, how do you figure? And he says, well, um, it, it wasn't like that. I was just kind of like, <laughs> yeah. well, tell me more. Yeah, tell me more. But like, um, and he's like, well, I was at the church service and they asked for us to come up and and you know be saved if we wanted to be saved. And so mm-hmm. I went up and I prayed the prayer and I got yeah. saved. One and done. That's right. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, that's what you mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and and again, that's a that's an extreme character, although it's maybe not <clears> as uncommon as it should be. Um, but, um, like that, there's this mentality that says, well, I, if I become a Christian, then I'm good and I can go on living my life. Right. And, uh, check the box. It's done. We're, you know, I can do whatever the hell I want to. Yeah. And then scratch a little below that surface and just know it's not, it's not true. Yeah. That there's this dimension of wrestling with God, um, that goes back to like even, uh, like Jacob, right? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. wrestling, wrestling yeah. with the uh, the angel, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. I um, one of the things that you can talk about mystery. You know, one of the great, great, greatest mysteries that's so um, visceral. Mm-hmm. That's it's it's so present with all of us is the the mystery or problem or issue or or whatever you want to call it of suffering. Mm-hmm. Like life is so full of suffering and yeah. absurdity and um it i think we talked about this some last time but i didn't want to bring it back up it'll it's, always come it's up it's a thematic it's a, it's a main issue yeah <laughs> yeah life is freaking hard yeah and even if you're like you know even if you have wealth and you know comfort and you know like we do in comparison to you know third world much of the world and, and much of human history yeah yeah you know we all suffer suffer so greatly i mean if you don't know somebody in your life who's suffering acutely Mm-hmm. You know, that's a rare thing. Yeah. Really rare. And um, and it's going to happen soon if it's, if, you know, or, or it must have just happened. Yeah. It's just we're surrounded by it. We're just around the corner. You're a positive, positive message today from Chris <laughs> and John. <laughs> well, it's easy to like gloss over. Or Your life is about to suck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, biblically speaking, you know, the, the it's, it's the reign of death. Death rules. Yeah. And, uh, Okay. <laughs> Again. Dun dun dun. Sound, little sound bites taken taken from our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. Death dude. rules. Yeah. Chris Hackett. <laughs> See? Uh, smile and Chris. Smile and Chris, <laughs> smile and Chris <laughs> Good day. Yeah, so I don't know. I just wanted to like in terms of wrestling with God, one of the big things that you to to face as a human being is that question, you know, as a believer. Mm-hmm. Um, is, you know, I say, I believe in God, you know, someone who doesn't believe in God is going to say, how can you believe in God? Your life is so, you know, your life, or look at this little child who was, you know, tortured and killed Mm -hmm. or whatever, whatever, insert horrible thing, you know, in, in, in here that, you know, that person say, I don't believe in God because of that. Right. You know, and, uh, you have to be able to say, I believe in God you know, and, and have, have that in one hand, mm-hmm. you know, the, the horror of human experience at its worst. Yeah. And, you know, an all loving, all powerful, um, goodness that's without beginning or end. Yeah. The author of all this. Right. And, um, you know, that's when it becomes real. That's mm-hmm. when it becomes, you know, it, that's when your feet start to get on the ground. And this is like, this is how the gravity of faith, mm-hmm. you know, what you're saying is immense. Well, in, in, in a lot of ways, that's kind of like the, quest of like true philosophy and and um and even true theology right is to Mm -hmm. is to begin to like begin to make sense of of these things right of this greater of this greater reality that like ultimately you kind of know you can't you can't quite make sense of it with just the intellect right um Mm -hmm. but but still we're like driven to yeah right yeah still we're driven to try to you know to try to um explain it um uh you know and 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 there is some consolation in that right there is some consolation in trying to discover the deeper the deeper answers or just uncover deeper mysteries Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. (laughs) um so anyway yeah Uh, did you have another thought on that i didn't know if you were going to say something yeah i got some other thoughts but let's keep moving keep moving all right well i was just going to throw out there um uh priestly so i have the word priestly written down Mm -hmm. and with this one, what I mean is, um, 
there seems to be this dimension to the Christian life that we're called to uh, to to act as as priests and um, and and you know so so we're Catholic so people will automatically think of sacramental priests um, men men in Roman collars but what I mean by this is not necessarily that that's an aspect of it and a very important aspect of it but every every Christian is uh, has had holds a priesthood right. Um, and, um, from the newly baptized, you know, um, all the way up to the Pope. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, and what does that mean? Like, so, uh, in my mind, when I, when I say that I'm talking about like, kind of like you have, you have a world that you inhabit, like a little microcosm of the greater universe that you inhabit. Yeah. Right. As a, as an individual, a tiny house. Right. Yeah, well, not maybe literally a tiny house, and then uh, you know, and then you have a tiny little world that's part of the bigger world, mm-hmm. right? But it's your maybe maybe you think of it as your sphere of influence, right? Yeah. Your, your sp- sphere of influence. Whoa, sphere Keep of that influence. Keep that down for our lyrics later. Sphere. <laughs> Here's my sphere of influence. <laughs> I will influence you by threatening to stab you with this spear. Um, sphere <laughs> of influence. So. And, and and your role and these these are all the people that you interact with mm-hmm. and your it's your family, your yeah. friends, your acquaintances, things that are brought to your attention, um, because you only see a small part of reality. Yeah. Of the greater reality. Yeah. But these things are nevertheless important, right? The little yard that you have, right? Um, wh- whatever it is. But you're called to bring bring these things to God. Mm-hmm. Right and and discover what that means. Yeah. Right as, yeah. as a Christian, you're called yeah. to bring these things to God, right. to pray for people who are brought to your attention. Yeah, um, you know maybe it's just somebody you interact with. That maybe maybe it's the you know the grumpy clerk at the DMV, you know, who's giving you a hard time about something. Right, yeah. and you're like, you know, you, your normal reaction might be like, oh, that person's annoying, and just forget about them. Right, but then you're like, who knows what's who knows what's going on in that person's life? I'm just gonna like, mm-hmm. I'm just gonna pray for them right yeah. now yeah. right yeah um and uh and so that's that's certainly something that i've like discovered over time being catholic is just like the whole idea of yeah of just like this fear <laughs> priestly of vocation priestly of, influence of, yeah 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 it's like the old story you know adam and eve in the garden mm-hmm. you have this tiny little eden in the midst of this vast world and um you know part of the the task is so a lot of the language of that the text there is is some of the same words are used for the Levitical priesthood and in, in later you know descriptions of interesting of you know I think in Numbers or Leviticus or something yeah the the Adam and Eve's role is sort of to, I think the the way that's translated there in that context is guard and protect mm-hmm. to guard and protect uh, the garden mm-hmm. and um, uh, or to cult uh, you know I don't remember the whole discussion anymore but it's the same language for the priests um, around the tabernacle. And so there's a, they're drawing you know the, the biblical authors and their genius and um, influ- you know uh, are uh, drawing an analogy there an insightful analogy about the the sort of uh, the human vocation because mm-hmm. Adam and Eve sort of represent humanity of course you know yeah you know um, Adam means human and Eve means life mm-hmm. and <clears throat> so the human vocation is to have this to to um, bring the divine rule into the world in the way it's meant to be, right? You know, to liberate the creation, to make it fruitful, to to build um, to to build goodness in the world, and mm-hmm. to reflect the divine goodness. Um, Hopefully, uh, we're still alive. Your computers did something funny. Yeah, it went to sleep. I got to move the mouse. Whoa! I think it's still recording though. Should I keep talking? We're so professional. <laughs> All right. Oh, yeah, it's still recording. All right. All right. But each one of us is meant to bring the Eden-like um, life mm-hmm. um, because Christ sort of opens the, the pathway back to that you know um, collaboration with God or communion with God, and that's yeah. sort of the human vocation. So that picture is so different than Christianity is about escaping the world mm-hmm. um, in a spiritual way. Right, in a spiritual sense. So it, it makes this world now, like as you're pointing out, of of such value mm-hmm. and such importance. Mm-hmm. That's one of the one things I was thinking about all week after our conversation last Thursday was that you know we were talking about. Um, I think I was trying to say something like, you know, why we why we make we want to make good music in our band, mm-hmm. you know. But the 
and it's because we were, you know, we believe we have this vision of reality that's so deep and rich yeah. and moving and feel it so powerfully, mm-hmm. you know, the darks and the lights, yeah. know, the, 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 the contrast grows when you, when you know the goodness, um, the darkness grows even more uh, yeah. profound and dark. And, uh, you know, totally. So the tat, you know, so I was thinking about, you know, and this kind of connects with what you're saying now, but the re you know, our goal should be when, in everything we do from, you know, conversations with our children to making music, to doing a podcast, to work, um, daily mundane things at work, uh, are to do something, um, worthy of the coming reign of Christ mm-hmm. to do something that would be, would fit in that world yeah. in the world to come, mm-hmm. you know? So we're, we're trying to make music. We shouldn't try. Our goal is to make one note, one verse, one song that is, uh, that, that would be worthy, accepted in that world to come. You know, it's that good. Yeah. So, yeah, totally. I mean, totally the, um, you know, the, which the is thing. what we do every Friday night, but yeah, I mean, totally the, the thing to aim for. Um, uh, again, that gets into, I think, some interesting notions we'll talk about when we look at uh, Tolkien's On Fairy Stories, mm-hmm. and, which is really his philosophy of um, of art, of creativity. And um, But I was thinking, you know, in that uh, on that point, like, a thought that's continually crossed my mind for a while now is, like, um, like there's some sense in which even even talking or like writing an intellectual thing on some topic is no longer feels completely satisfying in a way to me. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, um, it, it, it can't, it can feel satisfying, but it's the cre it's the creative act more than anything. And, and for me at least, like that's the role that music plays in my life is that, um, music is a way of entering into, this mystery that's like kind of unquantifiable, like yeah. to look at a, to look at something in the world and say, what's going on there. And instead of trying to like get it kind of all neat and orderly and figured out to just enter into the mystery of it. Yeah. You know, and that's you taking hold of your priestly vocation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause it's about bringing that world, that Edenic ultimate goal of creation where it's all heading into the present like yeah. ahead of time, yeah. anticipating that now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're, you know, Right on. Well, and and so um, we've got uh, you know the next item on our on my on my list I put together um, is um, loving others without exception. Um, this one, you know, you 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 hear you hear this one a lot, I guess, in different forms. But I don't, you know, this is this is one of those items where I think most people struggle to actually live it as reality. I think notionally, lots of people accept it. Um, not everybody, not everybody accepts this. Um, but you know, the whole idea of loving your enemies, and this is something I got to be honest. I wish, like, I wish in, um, like, we prayed it in mass every time. Like, I wish it was something in mass where it was like, you know, when they do the the prayers of the faithful. Yeah, I wish it was like we pray for our enemies, right? Mm-hmm. I wish every mass or at least every Sunday mass, you know, every holy day of obligation yeah. when they do the prayers of the, when they, when they do the prayers of the faithful, mm-hmm. I wish it was listed. Like we, we pray for our enemies, right? We pray for those who on a personal level, on a national level in whatever capacity we find ourselves in those who hate us. Yeah. Right. And we're like, why do they hate us? Those that we have a hard time liking, you know, or, or, or loving, we pray for them. Right, yeah. because I feel like there's a um, there's something to that that is core to uh, to Christianity, and it's something that without it, you it's a, it's a mystery. Like to to love your like to be told to love your enemies, mm-hmm. and without a constant reminder of that, we can easily lose sight of who Jesus truly is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, and, and the icon of this is of course the, is, is the cross. Um, but anyway, it's one that I, it's one that I feel like we have to mention and, um, and without it, you lose, you know, you lose the whole thing. True. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, it's sort of a scary prayer that we pray all the time, mm-hmm. the, um, the Our Father, the Lord's Prayer. Right. Because we're, we're asking God to forgive us insofar as we forgive those who have trespassed or sinned against us or however you want to, you know, mm-hmm. to translate it or whatever. Um, that's sort of the, it's one of those things. Christianity is so, it's, uh, I, you know, we've been talking about on and on about how profound it is. It's also extremely difficult. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. How did this become like a billion? Like, how did this? How is this so such a vast movement in the world? Seriously. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we all sort of only sometimes get a glimpse and scrape against it, even in our best people, you know, mm-hmm. in the saints or whatever. You know, where you, you, we talked about that some. But even so, it's like you know something about this idea of not only the you know this whole story from creation to new creation with a crucified savior a crucified god in the middle is so is something about this that captivates humanity mm-hmm. um, and it captivates me and you and and millions and billions of you know listeners that we have <laughs> <laughs> billions of listeners wow <laughs> yeah. i know i get calls all the time from yeah. my fans but about about <laughs> how many people gets, are out of, gets out of the car when he comes over here recording it's just like people swamping the car yeah, yeah. it's really got, gotten to be bad but yeah you know I'm, I'm i'm dealing with it it's cool yeah um but delusions of grandeur <laughs> <laughs> yeah so <laughs> um but this this ethic you know this of loving your enemies this way that jesus lived yeah um, even if we fall like so short of it and in our best moment, we might sort of touch it. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and there's those who, who do, they do, they die for it, et cetera. But, you know, most of us don't. And, um, I just, you know, wanted to add that to it, that it's, it fits with the whole profundity thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it, and it's one of those things like that story of Jesus on the, the boat that's just like it makes you stop and it's sort of a lifetime of consideration and contemplation that you can you know and almost in a way beyond words you start to understand it but yeah you know well and it, uh it, it's a it's a constant like it's a constant daily challenge too because we do live in a reality where um Things can be doggy dog on a mundane level or even on a very like violent and visceral level. And um and there are people in the world that would want to see uh us dead, right? And yeah. uh maybe not they're thinking like Chris Hackett and John Carswell right now. I, mean, I, I hope there's not anybody specifically thinking of me. I'm a little scared if there are. But like <laughs> but there are people who like um oh, yeah. uh, you know, I was I've I've been listening to um I just finished listening to The Looming Tower by um I can't remember the writer's name but it was a TV it was a TV show on Hulu but it's about like the you know it's it, it it's basically about the history of the 9/11 attacks like everything leading up to it so it's mm. all about the you know Al-Qaeda and where they came from and um and you know it's like man it's, it's these it's, these folks like they like hate not me personally but like but mm. I'm one of the people and part of this nation that they really hate mm-hmm. and like on a like religiously fanatical level yeah. and um, amongst others. And there's, and there's plenty of that in the world. Uh, it's part of the bigness of the world. Right. <laughs> it's like, there's plenty of that going around in the world. Um, and so, you know, there's this, there's this ongoing challenge and it's like, Jesus is like, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, like, I mean it. I even mean it to apply to those folks too, right? Mm-hmm. How do you do that? And uh, and that's an interesting question. That that the practicality, how you live that out, is an interesting question in and of itself. And I'm not. And and that's one we we you know we don't want to mm-hmm. try to dive into too much right now. But yeah. Um. But it it nevertheless it stands right. And and it's something that as Christians we're like, we're called to. Like live that mystery as well. Yeah. And this kind of I'm looking at your um, list. And we're going to be talking lastly about the sacramental outlook, mm-hmm. uh, sort of sacramental sensibility and way of seeing the world. But this sort of connects, sort of a thread that connects these two, loving others and, and the sacramental, which is 
that there is a uh, there's sort of this cosmic backdrop. There's there's mm-hmm. spiritual realities that you know beyond our tiny house. There's a whole world of of depth and and profundity and mystery and 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 realities that are um, you know there are con- there's conflicts behind um, the, uh, human not just at the personal interaction level but also at the political level yeah you know there's sort of there's there's sort of some weird connection between you know what happens in this world um, and its history mm-hmm. its political history and its personal histories billions of them um, billions and uh, billions and billions um, and then these spiritual realities that are that are real and sort of you get you have to re- remember that, that that battle is unfolding. Yeah. You know, and, and, uh, that helps us love our enemies. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, and, and I mean, on the sacramental outlook, I mean, what we're saying there is like the, is, um, an awareness of the deeper reality, right? The, mm-hmm. the deeper down reality of things, mm-hmm. um, that the, the world, that we perceive in a sensory way, right? Using mm-hmm. our five senses is uh, not the entirety of of reality. And it's most likely sort of the outermost crust. Right. The sort of before it fades into nothing. Mm-hmm. This is where, where, where we are. We're facing outward. Yeah. And for some reason, God made that the center, mm-hmm. you know? And that's sort of the, the part of the mystery of Christianity, that he takes these human humans on the very outer crust of reality sort of these you know flea-bitten dirty smelly whatever we are you know like fallible and weak um sort of barely you know our souls are sort of barely connected to to the spiritual world i mean they're Mm -hmm. eternally precious at the same time you know because they're created by god and we are you know but and you know what i'm saying yeah um and god makes that the center Mm -hmm. that's that's the theater the theater of the whole thing it's sort of this everything gets turned upside down right and um and uh so we 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 learn to face inward and 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 um outward um and i don't know what the analogy is inward and upward or something yeah you know we learn to face we're learning to face that way and to see things in light of that Mm -hmm. whereas you know we're sort of born into the world oriented as sort of facing away from from those things sort of part of spiritual maturity is to sort of recognize the that, that that's how we're faced. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's the way we're facing. I know I'm speaking so abstractly, but I guess it's making a point. Yeah. But the sacraments do that. They help us see this material world can be imbued with um, and is imbued with, and its goal is to be imbued with um, the divine presence. Right. And the, the higher spiritual world. Heaven and earth are meant to be joined. Yes. And they've been fragmented. That's the thing. That's what sacraments, in a sense, and that's what the resurrection points to. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's... Um uh, I, I, what you said there, the, um, heaven, like heaven and earth coming together, heaven and earth are meant to be joined. Um, that's, I think that's a good way of putting the sacramental outlook, right? That the sacraments themselves are, um, are the mysteries we've been given to, to point us to that. Mm -hmm. But, uh, there's the, the final, um, the final eschatological truth that mm-hmm. that heaven and earth, all of heaven and earth, are meant to be joined yeah, in some way, right? Um, like a soul and a body, right? Right. Um, and uh, and and so even now we're called to see the world in that light. Mm-hmm. Um, that's part of that. I mean, it, it comes back to that priestly vocation too, right? That you know, when you're at the DMV or in the grocery checkout line or wherever it happens to be, and you feel like you're in this mundane situation you're not really in this mundane situation mm-hmm. um, because nothing is, uh, is truly mundane in God's universe, right? Everything, yeah. everything has, ex- has its significance. Yeah. Now that doesn't mean that you gotta, you know, that can get overwhelming if you, you know, if you try to intellectualize that. Yeah. But it's over, meant to be liberating, but, but it is meant, to, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's meant to be liberating and to, and to help, so that so that it's not so that the faith we live is not just this moralistic kind of thing, right? Mm. Um, you should be nice to people because Jesus said to be nice to yeah, people. God like, said so. Do like, it. that's a good starting point. Mm-hmm. But why? Like, what's the what's the real what's like what's the deeper reason there? Well, it's because um, that person is a is an infinite reality, or you mm. know, why should you, you know, 
take care of the things that God has given you or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it's because of the, the significance of those things. Yeah, the gospel, right? the, you know, the good news mm-hmm. that the apostles preached and that Jesus taught is a story. Yeah. You know, God, you can tell the story in a lot of different ways. You know, the, the infinite goodness that is crea- created um, beings and worlds, worlds plural, and world, uh, our world to, to, to share with it, share in his goodness. Mm-hmm. And somehow, because of human freedom it, it, um, and, and in other spiritual freedoms, um, it put a kink in the whole plan. But God is good, and he will see that to completion. And, and, the, and the story of, of, uh, of God's interaction in history, you know, with election of Abraham and um, the people of Israel and, you know, bearing, you know, the divine law and um, uh, the divine presence leading all the way up to Jesus sort of as the culmination of that story. Mm-hmm. And then our bringing into that story, that story's opened up for the whole world to share in and, it, and the whole cosmos to share in. Um, you know, when we start, when you start to tell that story, um, then these teachings make, start to make sense yeah. in that context, you know? Mm-hmm. Right on. All right. <laughs> Good stuff. That's your segue word. It is totally. Yeah. Right on, right on, right on. All right. Well, on that note, that's how we're going to leave you. All right. Thank you. All right. Thanks everybody. Thanks for listening to the Red Lamp District. We will talk at you next time. Goodbye. Bye-bye, everybody.